Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. When we know better, we really need to do better. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. You may ask, what are you talking about? At the time this podcast is being recorded, we will be approaching Valentine's Day, a day that is celebrated by believers and non-believers around the world. But did you know that this is yet another day not sanctioned by our Heavenly Father? I get it, Mama. There are so many innocent-sounding holidays that are really based on things that the Father does not respect. How we can make this plain for people who don't understand His instructions? Then there's another group that claims to understand, but for whatever reason, they don't act on what they say they know. We hope to reach them, too. Our listeners can email us at redpiltora at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltora.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Play. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shout out to our listeners in Maryland, Delaware, and Sweden. Yes, Sweden the country. Miss, uh, we... We decided, I guess, for this podcast that we want to touch on Valentine's Day in a different way. Now, after we started the Red Pill Torah podcast, we were really excited about our outreach. We checked the web for other uses of Red Pill um, or that idea and concept, and we found a lot of things, some good, some not so good. One of the great things we found online was redpillchristianity.com. After reviewing some of their blog posts, it was clear that we shared some common beliefs. Since then, Red Pill Christianity and we have done some cross-promotion of each other's outreach activities. So, rather than do an entire podcast on the origins of Valentine's Day, we would like to direct you to a blog post on redpillchristianity.com. When you go there, Click on the header for Pagan Holidays and select the article titled Pagan Holidays, Valentine's Day. It is listed as a five-minute read and it includes documented sources and links you may also find interesting. It's very informative and if you allow yourself to understand the real history of the day, we believe you will be led to change your mind about celebrating this holiday. Miss, I remember years ago when I used to go and shop for something nice for you and a small box of candy and a card for each of our daughters. We were believers then, and it was really important to me to let you and our daughters know that I love you. Buying candy and flowers was just my way of going along with what was happening around us. When I did some research about St. Valentine's Day many years ago, what I found was the Catholic Church explanation. That explanation made celebrating Valentine's Day seem harmless, even for non-Catholics. Now that the internet has become more accessible, more robust, and contains more documents online, the occultic roots of the history of Valentine's Day can be easily found, if you choose to look. In my opinion, it could be Valentine's Day, New Year's Day, Easter Sunday, Christmas, or a bunch of other traditions that happen all around us. It all goes back to the question that we ask our listeners on pretty much every podcast. By now, I hope they can recite that question with me. What would you do 
if you discovered that the way you live your life or some of your beliefs were not in line with the instructions given by the God of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, you know, the God of the Bible. In today's podcast, we want to talk a little about our journey, and we want to draw out some points for you to consider and act upon. So, Tim, do you remember when we started keeping the Sabbath? You had found a Torah curriculum online called TorahClass.com, and you asked me if I would take this journey with you. I did. We faithfully attended the classes, took notes, and discussed what we were learning. Yes, we did, Mama. We also did the Berean thing. We read up outside of class to confirm that what we learned was true. When we understood that the Torah was our Elohim's instructions to His covenant people, and we were a part of His covenant people, hey, we just changed our ways. No more work on the Sabbath, no cutting the lawn or doing the books or cleaning house. And early on, we weren't even sure what work was as it related to the Sabbath. We knew we were supposed to rest, and I was all for that. We often had chores, meetings, and tasks that we reserved for the weekend. And although we knew the Sabbath was supposed to be restful, it seemed anything but. To agree that we should forego all those things and just rest was easy and a little hard. Staying in bed past 8 o'clock was a struggle, but I learned to relax, and I was liking it. Then Tim shared with me, Leviticus 23, verse 3, where Jehovah instructed that his people should six days work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. Now, there is rest, rest from work, but also a holy convocation, a gathering of his people. That meant we should not just lay in bed all Sabbath, but we should find like-minded people who observed Jehovah's instructions to keep the Sabbath holy and get together. I guess what I'm trying to say is we obeyed what we understood. And as we understood more, we adjusted our ways. I remember another step in our learning about the Sabbath. Initially, it seemed like a good day to go out and eat. That would make for a more restful day for us, right? Mm -hmm. Since uh, we wouldn't have to cook and clean for the family. Then, we noticed that the instructions included not having people work for us. Our Elohim is so generous that he wanted to extend the blessing of the Sabbath to those around us who may work for us. We realized that the wait staff and cooks in the restaurants would be working for us, so we stopped going out to eat on the Sabbath. For us, it was not and still is not a legalistic thing. We want to obey the Father's instructions whatever he's told us to do. That's right, Daddy. It gives us joy to please our Heavenly Father, just like a child feels happy when the child knows he's pleasing his earthly father. Another change we made was in our diet. We already knew that eating pork wasn't good for us, but learning Jehovah's dietary instructions found in Leviticus 11 was not just for the Jews, gave it greater meaning. Understanding that we, being grafted in, by Yeshua's sacrifice meant that this was for us too. It was an eye-opener. It changed why we ate what we ate, not just because the FDA says it's good or bad for us. Agreed. The biblical remedy for eating unclean meat seems to be pretty simple. Wash yourself and your clothes. You're unclean until the evening. 
The problem comes in when we rationalize that eating unclean things is not a big deal, even when we know that the scriptures forbid it. That's a great way to make a small infraction a huge one, because then it involves willful disregard for the Father's instructions. Mm -hmm. Imagine giving an account before the Father and trying to explain to Him that you disregarded His dietary instructions because the remedy seemed like it really wasn't a big deal, or because everybody else eats unclean foods, even my trusted Bible teachers. Now, we could go on with other examples regarding holidays and other practices that are out of line with the Father's instructions. Miss, let's take some examples from the scriptures to drive our point home. Okay, Tim. We have three examples from the book of Acts. The first one in Acts chapter 2, during Peter's message on Shavuot, Pentecost. Verse 37 says that when the people had heard what Peter said, they were pricked in their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter told them to repent and be baptized in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua, or Jesus our Messiah, for forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruah HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 records that that 3,000 were baptized and became believers that very day. Our next example is in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. There was a eunuch from Ethiopia, riding in a chariot and reading from the book of Isaiah. The Ruach HaKodesh instructed Philip to go and join this man, so he did. Philip explained the uh, meaning of the passage the eunuch was reading. Verse 34 simply says that Philip preached Yeshua. At some point during the ride, they passed a body of water. When he saw the water, the eunuch um, asked what was stopping him from being baptized right now. The eunuch affirmed his faith in Yeshua and was baptized on the spot. Mm-hmm. Our third example is from Acts chapter 19. Paul found some disciples in Ephesus who had never heard of the Ruach HaKodesh. They were faithful to the baptism of Yochanan, John the Baptist. Jehovah was so faithful to have Paul find them so many years later and to preach to them about Yeshua and receiving the Ruach HaKodesh. According to scriptures, there, these believers were baptized in the name of Yeshua. And when Paul laid his hands on them, they received the Ruah HaKodesh and spoke with tongues and prophesied. Each of the scriptures we read shares some things in common. Yeah, they're all from the book of Acts, that's true. But in addition to that, they are all accounts of people hearing the word of Elohim with an open mind, hearing some instruction from the word, obeying that instruction immediately, and being blessed by the Father. Here's the point that uh, we want to make in today's podcast. As believers, our walk with the Father is literally a life of learning and progressing in our faith. Mm-hmm. Will we ever have full command of all the answers we may want in this life? I don't think so. Not while we're still in this life anyway. And consider Avraham's story. When he left his father's house, he was an idol worshiper. Yet, our Elohim counted his faith as righteousness. 
Over time and after several perilous situations, Avraham came to know that our Elohim is the Most High Elohim. <laughs> Avraham obeyed the instructions he received when he received them. And we are following faithful Avraham's example. And we encourage you to do the same thing. Obey the truth you know, now, not tomorrow. Don't reason away the Father's call to you. Trust Him and obey His truth as He reveals it to you. If that means no Valentine's Day candy for your loved ones, show them so much love that they don't even miss the candy on that day. When you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Follow His instructions. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures. Discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth. truth.